Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 571 of the Juicebox Podcast. When Rod's child was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and he found out how much insulin cost, he didn't just sit on his hands, he got involved. Rod's here today to tell you about some legislation that he's trying to get passed, and he'd like you to listen to his story and then consider helping out by calling your representatives and sending emails. We'll talk about that towards the end, though. For now, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. You may have heard me talking about wanting to add as many people to the T1D exchange as I can in the month of November. Well, Diabetes Awareness Month is one day old right now as I'm making this. And on November 1st, you guys added 54 completed surveys at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. If you're a U.S. resident living with type 1 or caring for type 1, please head over and give it a look. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by my favorite blood glucose meter, the Contour Next One. Go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox to learn more and to get started. Yeah. Hey, Scott. My name is Rod Regalado. And uh, you and I br- briefly spoke a few weeks ago and, and, uh, and you were kind enough to invite me on because uh, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to pass a federal bill, which puts a price cap on the cost of insulin. And uh, so uh, I'm really, I'm just a single dad with a couple of kids at home. And of course that wasn't enough for me. I'm a glutton for punishment. So in fact, I actually brought in a foreign exchange student. So I've got uh, three kids at home and uh, yeah, so that's kind of me. And my son, Matthew was diagnosed with type one diabetes and that's essentially how I started down this path about two years ago. So when you say we, you're not, you don't mean your lobbying consortium, you mean you, right? I, I mean me. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Let's, let's find out. It's, uh, uh, yeah, let's... yeah. Pretty much a one man show, but uh, you know, it, this bill is going to die unless, unless our, our brothers and sisters, our nieces and nephews, our parents and our kids demand some kind of change. And, um, you know, the status quo is just not acceptable. And that was, that was a reality that hit me hard when Matthew was diagnosed. How long ago was he diagnosed? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, September 6th when he was 13 years old. It two two thousand. 2000. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 2019, 2019. Yeah. Okay. 2019 September. So you're just a year and a month into this. Uh, two years. Two, excuse me, two years. I forgot two. what year it was for a second. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Oh, yeah, trust me, I don't think I'm the best. <laughs> well, of us, you know, COVID, COVID aside, it kind of put everybody on the shelf for a year. I so it, the... understandable. I get it. All right, fair enough. So, so two, two years with diabetes, 
Um, you said you're a single dad. You have a couple of, obviously a couple of people you're responsible for besides yourself. Right. What, um, what led to your even understanding of this? And the reason I ask is because as a person who has insurance and whose child is covered by that insurance, I mean, I don't want anybody to get me wrong. I'm going to play, I'm going to do a lot of devil's advocating while we're, uh, while we're talking sure. today. Right. Like, yeah, no, perfectly I, reasonable. Yeah, no, I want you to go I, right ahead. Hit me, hit me I, with the, what you got. I don't know that. Ins- well, listen, I know intellectually that ins- that insulin is incredibly expensive and, and it's overpriced and, and all that goes along with it. None of that has lost to me, but in my life personally, insulin costs me $20 a month. Right. And, and so, you know, what led to you being so aware of this and then tell me about how it impacted you and, and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, so Matthew was diagnosed and we take him to children's hospital. Truly, we found it accidentally. I took him in for a sports physical. Mm-hmm. That's how it kind of started. So we took him in for a sports physical and that exposed the diabetes. And the very next day we were at children's hospital in Omaha he was in there for uh, two and a half, three days, and they released him. Of course, I had to get all of the insulin and the ancillaries, all the supplies, test kits, you know, everything that goes along with it. Of course. And so after insurance, my out-of-pocket was north of a 1000 bucks. Wow. But keep in mind, that's not just insulin. That, that was everything else. Hospital involved. stay, the whole, the whole kind of thing. No, the hospital stay was separate. Oh, okay. That was that was just the supplies. I got you. No CGM at that point. Um, Meter test so, strips, a little glucagon, some insulin yep. needles, correct? That kind of thing. Okay, exactly right. Yep. So a thousand bucks flies out of my bank account, and truly, if if they'd have asked me for two thousand, I'd have given it to them. I just wanted my son home. Just wanted him home. Uh, so the following month rolls around. And time to replenish the insulin again. This time, I only need insulin. I've got all the ancillaries. And again, for short acting and long acting month supply after insurance, my cost was hmm, about four hundred bucks. And now the gears are grinding between my ears, and I realize this is not sustainable. Mm. This is not going to work. So naturally, I call the insurance company. I says, "Is this legit?" This can't be legit. I call my HR folks, see if there's any any recourse here. Is there anything else I can do? I call the pharmacist. Nope, it's this is what it is. And so I'm married to this invoice. And my son, who's 13, is married to this invoice forever. And that's what Got you prompted married. me to call call a congressman. I don't know. I don't know any, I got no rich uncles and I've got, uh, I don't know any politicians, but I called called them. Yeah. I just called the office and I said, Hey, what is the deal with this? And that's kind of how this whole thing started. It was, it was truly, it was just a matter of me finding some resolution, long-term resolution for my son, Matthew. That's what it was. So Rod, you're talking about about $400 a month, about $5,000 a year that just suddenly gets added to your total of your, out, right. of your outgoing money. And it's for obviously for health. And so it comes first. Did you find mm-hmm. yourself being able to pay it? Did you find yourself not paying other bills? How did you handle? Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah. And that, and that's, that's the problem. So luckily I, I, 
I make a good living. I work for a good company. Mm-hmm. And uh, my insurance, I think, is probably better than most. But, the, but, my, but my son doesn't have that levity. He's, he's, he's 15 now. You're thinking ahead already. You're wondering. Right. What so, so yeah, to your question, how did I do it? Yeah. So you push one bill this way and you push that bill that way and you just figure it out. So the college fund, yeah, sure. That takes a hit mm-hmm. college fund. What college fund? Uh, because you're paying off the hospital stay at the Miralago with needles. Uh, that's there. That's not going to go away. Retirement fund. Yeah. That kind of takes a hit because now you got to shift what you're putting into that to compensate for the invoice that you got coming in every month. Yeah. So, right. And, and I'm not special. There's nothing special about me. Um, but I do make a good living. Uh, I'm, I would say I'm middle of the middle class. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't make a ton of money. Um, certainly not destitute. Um, but but you- it's, that's a burden. That's a, that's a, big number every month is it, every month is it fair to say that prior to diabetes you felt like you were doing better than just getting by oh sure yeah. absolutely and then absolutely and now yeah. you feel like i mean listen i i don't honestly i don't care how much money you make yeah. i grew up broke five thousand dollars you might as well tell me a million dollars that's a lot of money <laughs> you, you know what I mean? yeah, like, it is yeah and and yeah. and a good point is is that an amount of money that you can't come up with might as well be a million dollars. If I tell you, you know, if I walk up to a homeless person and say, I need $50 right now to save your life, that, that might as you might as well be telling them, give me $50 million and bring me the Statue of Liberty. They can't come up with $50. It doesn't. It's just, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. It is. That is exactly it. So, so we're just one family. So think about this for a minute. So in America, there's roughly, it depends on what report you look at, between seven and eight million people that are insulin dependent. Mm. Type, and type two, re- is that really the number? Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the CDC is, is claiming 7.5 million. Uh, and those are insulin dependent Americans. And, and the number of uh, diabetics is growing exponentially every year. So when you, when you factor in the type twos, uh, that are insulin dependent, I mean, that number is going to be massive in the coming years, mm. massive. And so something has to give this log jam has to break at some point. It, it is financial ruin for so many families. And, and again, I'm just, I'm just one guy. Matthew is my son. He's my only son. Yeah. And this is, this is much bigger than us. When I started, when I made that phone call to my congressman, I was thinking about Matthew. And as I put my toe in the deep end, I realized this is so much bigger than me and Matthew. It is, it is a massive, huge problem, huge problem. Mm. So, okay. So you call a, you call, I don't even, did you even know who to call? Like I wouldn't. Like who the hell do you call? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I just so I called anybody who would answer the phone, basically, mm-hmm. and and I realized after a couple of months that the only solution to this is a federal solution. And, and as you know, Scott, there are at present there's probably thirty plus states that recognize the problem, and so those states are passing legislation on a state level that 
price caps insulin. Now, that's wonderful. But the issue with many of these state bills is that, oh, they'll throw a $100 price cap at it. And that sounds great. It makes fantastic headlines. But the issue is, if you don't have insurance, you pay the retail price. You're stuck with it. Retail price. And I, and, and I do this periodically, and I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Um, but I called last night, and I do this every couple few months. I'll call and say, hey, what's the price on this name brand fast-acting insulin? And I did it yesterday. And I called a pharmacy in Little Rock, and they're fast-acting for a box of five was 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then I called Tucson, another pharmacy, 620 bucks. Well, guess what? You also probably need long acting and that mirrors eh, within a couple hundred bucks. It mirrors the price of the fast acting. So suddenly if you don't have insurance and your state has passed a bill that puts a cap on it, guess what? You're still tethered to that retail price. So Matt's act, Matt's act is truly a federal price cap. And uh, so the way this bill works is if you don't have insurance, the most you're going to pay out of pocket is 60 bucks for the uninsured. Okay. It's remarkable. All right. So I want to dig into it a little bit. So you call some, you you call a a politician and you say what to them? This is what's happening to me. What do I do? I mean, do they say try to get a bill passed? Like, how do you start down that path? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically I, I was calling anybody would answer the phone and I called my congressman and they were, they were very nice and they took notes and they says, well, we'll get back to you. And a week later I get no phone call. There's no resolution, no sympathy. So now I'm, I'm, I'm agitated. So I call again and they put me into this fellow's voicemail and I didn't know who he was at the time. Uh, and I left him a pretty snarky voicemail and literally within within an hour or two this fellow called me back and just so happens uh this guy i just landed in the right voicemail this guy was the chief of staff for my congressman mm-hmm. and in fact this fellow is a doctor he's an md and he took up the cause and he looked at the supply chain he looked at what the hurdles are and he looked at why why the price is so high and that that seed that i planted um became matt's act became our federal bill and and it is a bipartisan bill so your your congressman after you made this phone call and you know got it got the chief of staff and everybody starts thinking about this way he decided to write legislation and sponsor it himself he did yes he wrote they wrote the bill and it is a bipartisan bill. We uh, so that that's really how it happened. Uh, they looked at the issues and why the insulin pricing is as it is, and and they found the mechanism that drives that price. and And the reality is, it's the middlemen. The middlemen drive that price. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess for people who don't understand that terminology. So there's a pharmaceutical company, they, yeah. they manufacture the insulin. There's right. uh, you over here who needs the insulin mm-hmm. in the middle. There's an insurance company that you would think in the middle, there's an insurance company who 
has an agreement with, you know, I, I don't know how much of this people understand. There's formularies that, you know, mm -hmm. the, the insurance companies say, well, we'll pay this much money for the insulin. I, right. you know, if I'm understanding it correctly, then the insulin manufacturers kind of set up the pricing so that the formula right. they're, they're thinking about insured people when they're setting up this pricing. Correct. I, right. And I think part of how they do it then the the problem becomes that if you're not one of these insured people, the price is set up super high. And you yes. know what I mean? Like it's it's all yeah. to me, it seems like a dice game so that everybody gets paid. And it it, it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a game of Monty. It, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the way the system works right now, manufacturers produce this drug, which seven and a half, eight million people have to consume daily. So in order for that product to reach the market, what they do, and, and what we're talking about is PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers. These are the middlemen. Mm -hmm. The pharmacy benefit managers negotiate between the manufacturers and the insurance industry. And, and, and what they do is they say, well, we will place your insulin on the insurance formulary as a preferred drug but in return you guys the manufacturers are going to give us rebates rebates you're not only going to give us rebates but you're going to give us administrative fees and so that jacks up the price and so these rebates which is truly a trade secret people don't know what those rebates look like because they are trade secrets it's not it's not disclosed but if you don't if the manufacturer does not pay the rebate and the administrative fees they are placed on a lower level on an insurance policy so it might be a secondary or tertiary uh drug and that's dangerous for them because then your doctor won't prescribe their drug because it's not covered by your insurance Correct. Exactly right. Yeah. Then exactly they, they right. They can't sell their their stuff then. Okay. That's exactly right. And and not only that, but these uh, pharmacy benefit managers also have uh, a tremendous influence over the pharmacies. Pharmacies. Okay. Their pricing is set, and if you don't charge your patients that retail price, and they find out about it, they will cut you off. So they hold hostage the manufacturers and they hold hostage the uh, the uh, pharmacies and you're, so you're saying that this is all set up so that the pharmacy benefit manage, uh, managers can make their money correct and, and basically doing nothing but acting as like they're like the bag man right they just they truly are okay. they truly are they they are they are the they are the the dark people behind the curtain pulling all the levers and, and they are true. They don't. They don't package it any sexier. They don't make it any more uh, potent, or they don't get it to you faster. They do nothing but negotiate pricing between manufacturers, insurance, and pharmacies. They do nothing more than that. So how does this exist? At some point, someone must have put legislation. I'm here. Here's me guessing that years ago they're yeah. like, oh, we need somebody to make sure everything's on the up and up. So we'll put this this thing in place that, and then it just, they like everything else, people figure out how to game the system for yeah. their own good, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, I'm sure there is. And, and truly Scott, I, I don't know how this sure. thing was born. I know it, it goes back probably 20, 30 years. And, and, and I think the thought was 
if they have some middlemen negotiating the price, then the insurance companies would get a better return on on their negotiations. But in reality, what happened was, like you say, they figured out how to maximize their own profits and they basically hijacked the system. And that's truly what they did. That's truly is there what they any did. benefit? Like, is there is it any good being done by a PBM or like like for another drug maybe? Or like, is there? I'm trying to imagine how something that's doing this can exist without somebody just going like, "What? We can't let this keep happening." So, well, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Does it do any good? Do you know that that I can see? No, okay. no, truly, I can't. And 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 I'm probably the wrong guy to ask that, Scott. Truly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems to me, if you look at the healthcare system as a whole. I mean, there's a reason why, uh, you know, one in seven dollars is spent on healthcare in this country. Yeah, and and, and you got to think there's no way that these drugs cost that much to produce. It makes you. But, it makes you feel yeah. like it's entangled purposefully. So, sure. So, oh, it's absolutely. They've absolutely muddied the water. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can't because make it, sense of it at all. Yeah. No. The average guy, I can't even. I can't make sense of it, but I do know. I do know they hijacked the entire insulin industry. They did. So what's and the they're of, getting away with it. What's the name of the bill that they, they put forth again? Yeah, it's it's uh, HR 4813, and it, it's it's called Matt's Act. Okay. Now, 4813 is our bill number. And what does it do? Like, like layman's terms, yeah. what does the bill accomplish if it gets signed into law? Sure. Yeah. So pretty easy. So basically what we did was uh, we, uh, what the congressman did was they looked at manufacturing costs and they know what manufacturing costs are for insulin mm-hmm. because these manufacturers negotiate with the federal government uh, for Medicare and Medicaid. So they know what manufacturing costs are. So they looked at that and they thought, okay, well, we have to keep the manufacturers in business because let's face it, they keep us alive. They keep us alive. Yeah. So they looked at that and they said, well, we know what manufacturing costs look like. We know what usual and customary markups look like. So they put a, a $60 cap and, and that number is in flux. Mm-hmm. It, it might be $50 at the end of the day and it might be 65, but that's roughly the number we're looking at. So if you are insulin dependent and Matt's act passes, that'll be your cost if you are uninsured. And uninsured. That's for, and that's for your need, right? Not for a vial or a pen. So like if you're a person who needs a vial a month, $50. If you're a person who needs three vials a month, $50 or no? $50 okay. for three. So yes. it's your whatever need, your it's prescription your is. Okay. Whatever your prescription. Yep. yep. And, and, and this just covers people who are uninsured. What's the number? No, oh, no. Sorry. Our bill covers not only the uninsured but the insured. So here's the genius of the bill. So if you have one of those high deductible plans, and let's say your deductible is, uh, I don't know, let's say your deductible is four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, you have to spend four thousand dollars before the insurance pays anything, anything. So yeah. you're you are going to pay the retail price, right? Until you hit four thousand. The way Matt's Act works is if you have a high deductible your out-of-pocket cost is zero. Hmm. The assumption being you are paying that insurance company so much money they will that they are going to carry the burden. They will. Your cost is zero. Yeah. And if you have run-of-the-mill average everyday insurance like most people, your cost is 20. 
20 bucks. So if your copay is 15 bucks, it's 15. If it copays 25, well, this, you know, that's, that's 25 bucks. Yeah. But there's no situation where it's suddenly $2,000 if you, if nope. you're right, if you need a ton of insulin. I'll tell you, I looked at your numbers that you're, that you're touting here. I, I have it as, as of 2018, 1.4 million T1, 6.9 million T2. That's, yeah. um, that's astounding. Uh, okay. So now this thing gets written. It, listen, what I know about this, you could fit in a thimble, but the way you're explaining it makes sense to me. Um, I have the heart of a liberal person, you know, um, and uh, I don't think that your health care should bankrupt you or or cause you to have to find thousands of dollars a year that you don't have. Right. Or, you yeah. know what, to to go down a different road for a second, Rob, even if you come up with the five grand, like you said, you're taken from somewhere to pay for this. Right. And so maybe yeah. today it feels like you're getting away from it, uh, getting away with it. But but how old are you? I'm 57. Okay, so 57 yeah. years old. Let's say 20 years from now, Rod's not walking so well or not remembering things so well, and his kids have to put him into some sort of a home. And now, because Rod wasn't able to save money, he's stuck with a Medicaid or a Medicare system, and now he's in a subpar place. And at mm -hmm. some point, at some point, this chicken comes home to roost. Like you might be able to like push it off for a while and get your son, his insulin, you know, you or somebody else, but at some point in your life, this is going to make an impact. And I think it's easy for people to think, well, like drive a cheaper car or don't smoke cigarettes, you know, whatever your lifestyle choices are, which is, is a reasonable statement. But I'm saying at some point it comes back to get you 10 years, $5,000, $50,000. Yeah. 20 right. years is a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket. Yeah. And just because right. you can come up with five grand a year, doesn't mm -hmm. like my daughter was diagnosed at two. So yeah. I, I mean, hold on a second. I'll do this. I'll play this with you for a second. If my daughter's diagnosed at two and I think they, I think that uh, women live to like 84 on the national <laughs> average. So 82 <laughs> years times $5,000, this is assuming it doesn't go up, which of course it would oh, sure. in a lifetime. At $5,000 a year, at a lifetime, $410,000 at $5,000 a year. Yeah, and that and that's assuming you don't go to the hospital and suffer DKA. So think about this, Scott. So let's say, because let's face it, one in four Americans, one in four every single day rations their insulin because they cannot afford it. Mm. And so what happens? They can't afford the insulin, so they go into diabetic ketoacidosis. They take them to the hospital, they treat them for two or three days, and then they discharge them with a twenty or $30,000 invoice. Well, they couldn't afford the insulin on the front end, right? so what makes you think they can afford that invoice you just handed them? And now, now you came up with a uh, half a million dollars, basically, over a lifetime for insulin, insulin only. Now, now add up how many times you have to go see the endocrinologist just for your routine checkups. That's not free. Yeah, it doesn't That's even have to be that harsh. You don't even have to go into DKA. What if you're just yeah. carrying a heavier A1C than you yeah. should be? And when you're 30, you start running into health issues. Those health yeah. issues are going to cost way more to the system. Like, so there's no common sense in it. I listen, I'm with you. Like I said, like I, I'm a I, I'm a person who looks at things and I I, I try to make sense of them. So sure. if five thousand dollars a year 
um, aggregates out over to, to $410,000, uh, yeah. $500,000 a year or in a lifetime. And mm-hmm. a couple of hospital stays is going to equal that number anyway. Well, then mm-hmm. I, I, the only thing I can think of, and here's where I want to play devil's advocate for a minute is, are the people mm-hmm. who pull the strings on this, like, what don't I understand about an economy? Like, I, I hate to yeah. say this, but if people yeah. weren't sick, would our economy fold like, are there like Machiavellian lunatics pulling strings going, listen, wow. some people get sick and they yeah. have to buy medicine. And if they do, then that, uh, you know, keeps a pharma company in business and yeah. that pharma company makes advancements. And maybe we learn about things 50 years. Like, I mean, is there like a big picture that I can't wrap my head around? Oh, no, no. I th- no, I think you, I just think money? you've encapsulated perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's money. Yeah. It's money. Because, because if it really was about people and lives and the economy in general if if that was a true statement then 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 there's no reason that they can't sell insulin to keep people healthy rather than watch them ration it and there's a reason believe me there is a reason that the manufacturers are offering coupons Mm -hmm. there is a reason because because they know but it's the middlemen. Again, you're going right. I'm going right back to the guys that are pulling the levers. These, like you say, the Machiavellian uh, dragons that are between the manufacturers and the patients. Those people only care about profits. Keep it they the whole thing only going. care about profit. Yeah. And it's a sad day. It's truly a sad day that America has allowed this to manifest itself as it has over the last. 10, 20 years. So I could, it, it's really sad. I could sit here, Rod, off the top of my head, and I haven't given any deep thought to it, but I could sit here and paint you a picture where we need the machine to grind because if the machine grinds, we make advancements, we learn about different things. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if there, and, and I am a person who, who fundamentally believes that people get up and go to work in the morning to get paid. Yeah. So yeah. brilliant people, you know, I mean, to, to, I'm going to make a point and then I'm going to, come around to it. So if I'm in college or I'm getting ready to go to college and I'm a truly brilliant person and I look at the, at the world and I say, okay, well, my goal is to make money. Let's say that's my goal. Mm-hmm. What, what, what form of work am I going to go into where I can do good, exceed my expectations for myself personally, make a comfortable living, raise my own family, maybe go on a vacation sometime, buy a nice car, you know, uh, save some money, et cetera, et cetera, like chase my dream mm-hmm. and move the world forward. Like, that's just a hopeful thing that a bright person might do that, yeah. right? And so right. and so when you have that person who spends four, eight years being educated, you know, amasses and I'm sh- listen, we could make an argument right now that it shouldn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to get quality education like that, but it does. And yeah. so I come out of school three, four five hundred thousand dollars in debt and now i need to make two hundred thousand dollars a year at the minimum or i'm going to be screwed and this company now needs to pay me because i am the best and the brightest someone's got to pay for that everyone needs to make money the company needs to make money like when the machine grinds like that it does benefit humanity it doesn't benefit someone at home without insurance who needs insulin and right Right. But I but yeah. I have yeah. to believe that there's a way to make the machine grind without grinding people up as its fuel. Like like can't there be a there's gotta be a middle ground. And you think well, this bill does that, right? Like it finds they make money still and we get insulin? 
Yes. Yeah. No, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And, and we know this because these manufacturers, here's the interesting thing. We know what manufacturing costs look like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because these, these companies negotiate with the federal government for Medicare and Medicaid. Right. We know what, what their, what their manufacturing costs look like. So when you take, and I'm just going to throw a random number out there, but it's fairly close. Let's say manufacturing costs plus usual and customary markups. Let's say that number is 20 bucks and that, and that's fairly close. It's probably maybe 22 or 24 or 18, whatever. Right. right. So when that product leaves the factory floor and arrives at the pharmacy, suddenly the price is 600 or $700. Mm -hmm. Right now I have no problem with these manufacturers making a profit. They have to make a profit because they're going to manufacture new drugs, uh, new, they're going to discover new things that makes humanity better. But when the system's hijacked as it is now, no one benefits except those middlemen. Mm -hmm. Now think about this, Scott. So let's say you, you come from a family where you can go to college and you can get a master's degree and you have the levity and you're genius and you can rack up a half a million dollar debt. Think about the kids who come from families like ours where I don't have the levity to put away 500 bucks a month. Yeah. So my son, my son is already disadvantaged because I can't put away that kind of money. Right. So, so what about, what about those kids? Do we, do we push them to the side and say, eh, sorry, no. bad luck for you. Yeah. So I'll make the, I'll make the alternative argument. Cause there's only two of us here, but everyone, as I'm saying this, I don't think this, Just <laughs> uh, please. I, I don't feel this way. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Who says everybody gets to succeed? Yeah, right. You know, that's a fair question. Yeah. Nobody, nobody says, I mean, you, you, ultimately at the end of the day, you, you truly are responsible for yourself. Yeah. But I believe, I, I believe humanity's generally good. I do. Too. I really do. I, also, I believe that. I, I do too. I think that people generally want good for each other. I yeah. do think that there's a study that shows that they want good for each other as long as it doesn't come from them. <laughs> so there's, I forget what the question system is. You can ask people like these three questions about what they would give to someone else. And it's, it's interesting. Like they, they'd give, you know, it, it has to do with what you have. Like, would you give someone the shirt off your back? Yes. Because I have more shirts. Would you yeah, give somebody right. this? Yeah. No, because I don't have more of that. Like it, there's a, there's a way the, and it, listen, it's a re it's gotta be a survival instinct, right? Like I can, yeah. I can part with this and still be okay. Um, but I mean, I, and so I don't disagree with you. Like, I think if, if some broke ass kid somewhere is brilliant and doesn't have the, the opportunity to stretch mm -hmm. his, his legs and figure mm -hmm. out what he can do in the world, that that's a shame. And, and yeah. it should, it shouldn't be that way. Um, I also think you're going to get hit with people who say, well, why do you get to tell me how much I charge for the thing I make? If you don't like it, start a pharmaceutical company and make your own insulin. That's what we did. Like that's right. going to be, you know what I mean? Like that's going to be the, yeah. the oh, sure. to some, to some real hardcore capitalists, they don't sure. hear I'm mm -hmm. rationing my insulin and I'm sick and it's going to shorten mm -hmm. my life. They hear, mm -hmm. I started a company, I made a thing. You have no idea what the, the, the risk 
that I went to to start this yeah. thing. But I could also argue that away and say that these companies have been around so long that the people mm-hmm. who put their mm-hmm. who put their ass in the game are long gone now. You right. Know. But you also have to be aware, and, and I, I'm sure you, you know this, but one of the things that, uh, and I'm not going to knock the manufacturers, I mean, they are running a business, but one of the, the tricks that they've, they've utilized over years past is they change the, they change on a molecular level, they'll change the product so as to extend their patents. And, and there is a reason why there's only three manufacturers, mm-hmm. because because there are no generics. But yeah. if you want to talk about the economics of, of manufacturing drugs, that, and, and I have no problem with patents. I mean, the, these mm-hmm. companies invest billions of dollars to manufacture these drugs, and they should be rewarded for it. No problem with that. But, but some of these after, legacy insulins, they've made their money a million times over already. A million times. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's obscene. And so they're protecting their patents by changing Correct. the, I, I do know that they'll, they'll change the molecule a little bit to get repatented. Correct. And then that, that starts the process over again. Yes, and it then does. they'll, and then they'll kind of like legacy out the older insulin. So it's not available. Right. And now you're, now they're, now they hold their, they, they're protecting right. their patent now. Right. No. But, yeah. But Go just ahead. because it's legal. Just because it's legal doesn't make it moral, right? Because really, they haven't really changed it. They've changed one molecule, right? And you're going to try and tell me that just because you changed this tiny little molecule that you should get a patent extension for another? What is it? Seven years? Ten years? I don't know. It's I don't long, know. It's what a long enough time to come up with another molecule. I bet. He so, gets <laughs> plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sure. And and so again, arguing the other side of it. Um, it isn't moral. And I really, I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, if, if obviously if money, well, see, I also think it's an oversimplification to say money because I also think they're protecting the business. I think they're trying to stay in business long-term. Like I come from a completely bizarre perspective on this because I have this podcast and anybody who listens to me knows that my heart and soul is in this and a hundred percent. But my wife also went to college to be a doctor and Mm -hmm. for personal reasons, couldn't go to medical school. And got a job at a pharmaceutical company, 21 years old, coming out of college, and Mm -hmm. is still at a pharmaceutical company. My wife is brilliant, and she, Mm -hmm. and for anyone listening, believe this, works her ass into the ground every day. And I know it might be hard to think of like a desk job as hard. My wife's job is intellectually uh, intellectually tasks her in a way that leaves her exhausted every day. Sure. Through this COVID Mm -hmm. thing, sat in my dining room for 18 hours a day, making sure that one of the COVID vaccines was going to be safe. My wife is the kind of person you want looking at stuff like this and making decisions like this. And those people are not a dime a dozen. And so, you know what I mean? And and, And so take all this out of it for a second. Take out insurance and all the horribleness that this is. She's a person who has children. She has a home. She's trying to send her kids to college. She is putting an honest effort into something that mm-hmm. she took years to understand. She wants to be compensated for it in a fair way. And she'd like to go on vacation once in a while. And I will sure. tell you from a personal perspective, if I had to bet $50 right now, my wife's going to drop dead at a desk from a heart attack one day. And there's yeah, well, not, no one listening. Not. Well, tr- listen, I'm telling you how how hard the job is and how hard she works and how stressful it is. And and my point is, is that no one is going to remember her and that she's yeah. not the only person who does that. So I right. listen, 
is there a CEO at the top of a company who's, you know, third mistress is driving around in a Maserati that I paid for with insulin? Maybe, mm, right? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. No, but you can't be mad at my wife about it or people like her who are actually True. in in the in there trying to do good. If you met those people, they are you. you, you oh, oh, I, mean? I know. Yeah. Oh, I have. I harbor no illusion about no, no, that. No, no, no. And, and that's don't. and that's the investment. That's the investment that these companies make. They yeah. see the value of these employees because every day they go to work trying to find some breakthrough. Mm -hmm. That's their job. That's what they're good at. They're geniuses. They're brilliant. And they can't do that. Way. Their brains work in a different way. I don't, I can't they appreciate do, yeah. how people like that think. And most of us can't. <laughs> I also want to say, not that I feel like I have to, but my wife's company doesn't make insulin. So I feel a little unencumbered, like giving a bigger picture from there. But she has worked for a company in the past that does. And then mm -hmm. I can tell you that while she worked there, having a daughter with type 1 diabetes, she felt extra fulfilled at her job. Yeah. And right. and even moving forward now, there are, um, you know, the, the workers in pharma companies, they rely on each other. Like there's there's these meetings that they have. I don't know enough about them to be thoughtful about them, but um, my wife is involved in a meeting where like people from different pharma companies get together and just talk about problems they're having or ideas and try to how to solve things. And the amount right. of times that I've heard my wife on calls helping people make better decisions about helping people with diabetes, even right. there's value in that. Now, all of this is nice and it doesn't change what you're saying and it doesn't make it very true that there's no morality to charging somebody $5,000 a year to stay alive. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to paint a picture that the way the world works is so entangled that I'm so concerned that pulling one thread yeah. can't fix anything. But I love the idea of what you're trying to do. So my question is, is how do we, like what happened to the build? Did it stall? What does it need? Why are you here? Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com dot com slash risk. I'm here to tell you that the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is really very accurate. And you're probably thinking, yes, yeah, Scott, it's a blood glucose meter. They all work the same, except mm, no, that's not true. Accuracy varies amongst blood glucose meters. The Contour Next One is legit. You should check it out, contournext.com forward slash This meter does a few things that I don't want to tell you about. First of all, it has second chance test strips, which just means if you for some reason don't get enough blood the first time, you have not wasted your test strip. You can go back and get more. Now, it doesn't need a very big drop, but you know what can happen sometimes. Your hand slips and you've touched the blood or something like that happens. Well, with the Contour Next One, you just head back and get the rest does not ruin the accuracy of the test, and you're not wasting a strip. It also has a really great phone app. 
for iPhone or Android. You can take that data from your blood glucose tests and look at them in the app. Now here's the great thing about the app. It's there if you want it. If you don't want it, you don't need to use it. You have not taken away from the accuracy or the convenience of the meter and convenient it is. Small and easy to hold, easy to transport, easy to put in your pocket, in your purse, or wherever you carry your diabetes supplies, and yet it's not so small that you can't use it easily. You know what I mean? Like it fits in your hand well. Actually, it also has a really bright light for nighttime viewing and a super easy to read screen. It's a great meter. And you need a great meter. I think sometimes blood glucose meters are the thing we just forget about when we shouldn't. You have one, you're paying for your strips, you might as well get a great one. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Head over there. Uh, it's a great website, actually. There's test strip savings program. You may be eligible to get the meter for free. It could be cheaper for you to pay for the meter and test strips in cash than you're paying now for your current meter through insurance. There's a lot of stuff. It's a great website. It was designed by somebody who wants you to understand and have choice. So I'll leave you to it. There are links in the show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. We're going to get back to Rod now. No, the bill has not stalled. Um, but basically, so I, I make I make phone calls every single day, mm -hmm. every day. And uh, I collaborate with uh, diabetic advocacy groups. Um, shout out to uh, Touch by Type 1, by the way. Oh, and uh, and I, I work with these people daily. I make these phone calls and emails daily. And the, the challenge that I see all the time is that most, well, virtually all of the time, I call a congressional office and they're completely unaware of the bill. You have to understand these people have so much on their plate. Their, their local constituents are calling about this and that. They have their own issues within their district. Yeah. So they're not necessarily, let's face it, there are thousands of bills that are introduced every year. These congressmen and senators are not going to know that this bill exists. And that's the challenge. And that's why I reached out to you, Scott, because I don't want this bill to die in the middle of the night. So how do um, you, so how do you stop that from happening? Cause I I'm so scared that what you're going to say is it's money, but it's maybe it's no, not. no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 it's not money. No, <laughs> no. Uh, it money helps, but no, it's not money. No. What I, all I would ask is for all of your listeners, just take a look at Matt's act. It's 4813. Mm -hmm. Just look at the bill. See what it does. It's a very simple bill. It's not like most bills that are introduced these days. They're thousands of pages long and reams and reams of paper. Matt's Act is 16 pages, only deals with insulin and pricing. And it has safety nets in there to make sure that we're not jobbed and hosed at some point down the road. Mm -hmm. There are safety measures in place. And I would just ask that you call your congressman and ask them to at least look at HR 4813 um, and look at the merit of the bill. You either like it or don't like it. And, and something my grandfather said to me when I was just a young boy, uh, if my nickname was rabbit, <laughs> he called me rabbit. He said, rabbit, if you don't ask the question, they can't say no, yeah. but occasionally they'll say yes. I'm oh. just asking that people look at the bill call their congressman and ask them if they wouldn't mind co-sponsoring the bill. Hmm. Now, now, the one thing I'm hearing from a lot of congressional offices and senators is that um, now we're supporting HR three, 
which is fine. HR three is a is a large bill where they want to renegotiate drug pricing. I think it's top 150 drugs or something like that. I, I don't really know. But what I do know is that these two bills are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. HR three is fine, but HR three caps drug prices or renegotiates drug prices only as it applies to Medicaid and Medicare. So if someone said that to you, you could say, listen, there's no reason you can't support 4813 and 3 at the same time. Exactly right. Okay. okay. Exactly right. 4813 covers every single insulin-dependent American. HR3, fine idea, only applies to you if you're on Medicare or Medicaid. Yeah. In other words, leaves everyone else out. Okay. And it's about more, it's like a top, you said a certain number of drugs, which probably makes it even more difficult to push through. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. And so that was the other thing we looked at. We we tried keep to keep simple. this thing as streamlined as possible. Only insulin. There are no writers on this thing. There are no backdoor deals. There's. It's a very simple read. It's 16 pages. So can I ask you, only. can I ask you a, like a inside baseball question about the pol- the political side of this is, sure. are, are there enough Congressmen, Congress people, Congress mm-hmm. women, Congress is, you know, Congress people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens when you get old, Ron. Um, yeah, are, there, are, there enough, are there enough Congress people who don't take money from pharma who would feel okay putting their name on this? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. So the it, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. The largest, the single largest caucus in capital, in the, in the nation's capital, is the Congressional Diabetes Caucus. Hmm. Yeah, it is the single largest caucus in, in Washington, D.C. Over 300 members of the House are part of that caucus. So they might be taking money from big pharma and ins- insurance industry, PBMs, who knows? Yeah, they all have to have a lot. I mean, the PBMs have to have lobbyists on top of lobbyists. You would think. Of course they do. Yeah, of course they just, do. They're, they're just they, they got to pro- out of money. So yeah, they got to protect that that goose who laid the golden egg. They yeah. got to protect it. But my my point is, three hundred plus members are in the diabetes caucus, and I would suggest they don't know about the bill because I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They just don't know about the bill. But if they did know about the bill, maybe just maybe. They'll say yes. Mm. I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that a handful of attorneys who do lobbying work have kids with type one diabetes are listening. Yeah, I mean yeah, because I yeah. think I think that's. I mean I hate to say it, but I think the way that Washington is set up is this is it right? Like you know wh- yeah. what you see on the news is what happens at the very end. It's how you know right. it's been scrubbed a thousand times. The way it gets yeah. scrubbed is by is by powerful yeah. people who represent more people. Yeah, of usually of power getting together in a room and making a decision, and then then they're telling these Congress people this one's okay to vote for, this one isn't. Like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's exactly true. That that yeah. is that is a sad reality of, of Washington D.C. It is, yeah. but I think there's enough people of goodwill in in the Congress that would look at this and say, you know, I like this, and and I can also share this with you. The the leadership, the Democratic leadership. Uh, they presented this bill to them uh, last year, and they liked the bill. Mm-hmm. They did like it. But, you know, we were fighting COVID, the election, the um, Trump impeachment, the 
you know, all sorts of nonsense was going on and it was just lost in the ether. Um, but now things have calmed down somewhat. I depends on your perspective, I suppose. Sure. But, but (laughs) I think now is a, is a perfect time to resurrect this and just say, listen, there's 300 of you guys that are part of the diabetes caucus. And where have you been for the last 20 years when the price went through the roof? So maybe the caucus, is it possible that the caucus isn't focused on the same things that you wish they were? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely true. So so So, is it, is the, is the real hope here that everyone listening calls their congressperson and just simply says, I would like you to can take a look at HR 4813. It's called Matt's act. It's about making insulin affordable for people. It's a very simple bill. 16 pages, take you five minutes to read it. Um, This would mean a lot to my family. Give them a half a second, a personal, like my son has type one, my daughter has type one. We're afraid we're not going to be able to send our kids to college. We're afraid we're not going to be able to retire. We're afraid that we're going to die one day and our kids aren't going to be able to take care of themselves. Whatever your truth is, share that with them and just reiterate, please take a look at 4813. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. You know, and, and, and I, I don't, can I, can I plug a, a, a website I created, a Facebook group I started? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so you can find us at insulinmatters.com. So it's www.insulin-matters.com or the Facebook group under the same name, Insulin Matters. And I do have a letter that I posted on there. You can just download it click on this link. It'll give you just plug in your zip code. And based on that zip code, it'll tell you who your congressman is. And you send that letter off and you can wordsmith it any way you like. Um, But more than anything, just call your congressman and ask them to support 4813. And if they push back and say, well, we're supporting HR3, just point out they're not mutually exclusive. They Rod, truly aren't. Rod, insulin matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S dot com. That's it. Yep. And when I get insulin. there, am I seeing blue and gray? In- yeah. Welcome to Insulin Matters, a practical approach to basal insulin management. Oh, no, that's not no, you. no. What am I now, it's, here? It's insulin matters be the difference. Insulin matters. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it should pop up. Let me just see. Like, be the insulin. Insulin dash matters.com. The dash. That's yeah, a little dash in there. Everybody, yeah. Rod's in his 50s. He don't know about <laughs> the internet. He's just trying to help people. I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'm here. Insulin dash matters.com. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, yeah. we need you, you you need a tiny bit of uh of um media prep there. Rod, don't you I, you spent this whole hour doing such a good job of explaining that you sent us I to know, a to I a know. shill website for insulin. <laughs> insulin I, yeah, I know it. Don't worry about it. Insulin dash matters dot com. Soon as it right. pops up, there's a cute kid here and it says support bill HR four thirteen Matzak right at the top. Um okay. So and and there I'm gonna learn how to what do I click on to figure out how to, to find your letter? Yeah. So if you scroll down just a little bit, it's probably about the middle of the body of the, of the page. I see it. Matt's act letter and find your representative. Yep. And that's it. Okay. It's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rod. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm not truly, I'm not looking for money. I'm not I, the letter and a phone call means way more to me 
simply because that's how I got a bill. I made a phone call and I don't, I don't have any rich uncles. I don't know famous people. I don't know my congressman. I simply made a phone call. Ron, let me ask you something just for clarity. <clears throat> Excuse me. I believe I know. Oh, oh, I'm dying. This is the end. Let me get a sip. <clears throat> oh, my tea got cold, messed everything up. Um, you're not, you're not making an income off of this, right? Nothing, not okay. a penny, okay. nothing, absolutely nothing. It's just, it's, I don't believe you are, uh, but I did see a donate button. So I just wanted you to be clear yeah. to people. So yeah, right. Some, some right. Administrative well, the intention, you. yeah, the intention is to whatever donations come in, um, uh, what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to buy ad space on like Facebook and Spotify just to promote the bill, mm -hmm. just like 15 second, 30 second ad space that nothing more than that. And if the bill makes it through, then I'm just going to donate the rest of the money to some, you know, 501c3 that uh, gives out insulin or insulin ancillaries. And there you go. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should have? Um, no, I nothing comes to mind. Did I do a good job of arguing the other side without sounding like a monster? <laughs> you know what? And, and, and you know that's truly a lost art, Scott. You know, people people can have disagreements, and they don't have to be so disagreeable. You've got your personal opinion. I got my personal opinion. You know, there's always middle ground and there's, I love, I love having conversations where I can disagree with somebody. I can illustrate my point of view and you yeah. illustrate your point of view. I, I think conversation is so fun. Yeah. So I enjoy fun. talking. I also didn't like, I mean, listen, I agreed with a lot of the stuff you said, so I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of arguments to be honest with you, but I do know that people could hear it and feel that way. And I, yeah. I think it's important not to disregard that that's how people feel. Like, I know that you can take a moral high ground and say, look, we're talking about insulin. This is yeah. people's health. Money shouldn't matter. Well, that's all well and good. But you know who it matters to? All the people who are making a living and feeding their kids off of the stuff that yeah. they're selling. Like, so you, what, what I'm always reminded of is, is that there are a number of people who have contacted me over the years and sometimes they want to come on the podcast and talk about this. There's one person that sticks out in my mind and um, this person, uh, you know, I, I spoke to them on the phone and I said, what well, you want to come on the podcast? What about, well, insulin pricing is not fair. And I was like, Oh, it's not. I was like, do you have a fix mm -hmm. for it? And she's, uh, she says, yes, you know, they should make yeah. it cheaper. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound very reasonable. You're going to go to a bunch of wealthy uh, board members of a company yeah. and tell them to give their stuff away for yeah, less right, money. Right. I was like, is that how things have, You've noticed them working so far in your lifetime, you, you know, uh, uh, asking people about their better angels. I was like, I mean, that's, I mean, I saw Erin Brockovich, but other than that, I haven't seen it happen anywhere else, you know, in my yeah, day to day life. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. There's one thing to bring a problem to the table, but if you have a problem, you bring a solution, a solution yeah. or at least bring an idea. Yeah. Bring and, an idea. and this person then told me that it was, listen, at its base, I understood the, the context they said, well, they spend so much money on advertising to get us to buy their products. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I was like, let me see where this is going. So if they just got rid of their public relations department and stopped buying ads, they could put that mm -hmm. money towards the, yeah. the cost of the insulin. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I said, what do all the people do who work in their public relations department do when they fire them? And they can't pay their bills anymore. I was like, what if some of those people have diabetes and now they can't afford their insulin? And I was like, are we just taking the money from here and putting it over there? Is it, I was like, Robin Hood, you know, 
stole from the rich and gave to the poor. And I know that that's what you think you're doing, except the people who run the company aren't going to lose a nickel when this happens. They're going to fire the guy that fixes the copier. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's the money doesn't just, they don't give the money away. The money comes from somewhere. So your idea in a perfect world sounds delightful, but that isn't how it would end up working. And yeah, it's so, a utopian idea. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Yeah. So if you're going to come at these problems, it's just my intention to say, come at them with a real answer. Yeah. And, and to <laughs> me, yours, yours comes close because I mean, there's can't be anybody in the world that has, uh, a soft spot for a pharmacy benefits manager, except, yeah, except right. I got to say the, the pharmacy, pharmacy benefits, benefits <laughs> manager who probably yeah, enjoys right. the Island they live on. And, yeah. um, yeah. which is by the way, how I've, I don't know if I ever said this in the podcast, that's how I think of pharmacy benefits managers as big fat people sitting on an Island at the top of a throne, laughing as the pennies <laughs> that they take out of your dollars just keep falling into a pile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say because you have to pull the curtain back to see what they look like yeah. because they they are some shadowy characters. Well, I'm just saying that's how my mind imagines yeah, yeah, it, right? I, we're and, on the same page, but, Scott. But, same page. But my expectation is is that if I was a big, fat, slovenly, rich person who was taking pennies out of out of sick people's pockets left and yeah. right. I wouldn't care much about them because if I was, I wouldn't have gotten to this space to begin with. So now we're about to have a formidable fight with a person yes. who does not want to lose, has a lot of incentive not to lose, and doesn't particularly care how they win. Is what that's it right would be oh, my yeah. expectation. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're 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 exactly right. And and that fight will come. I I harbor no illusion. I yeah. know that fight will come. They will bring the big dogs, the lobbyists, the lawyers, the character assassins. They will all come knocking. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Well, I, I, I applaud you for wanting to be in front of that because um, I think that of all of the things that you just described that it could be scary, the character assassinations are so common in, yeah. in, in, in I mean, now that the Internet's here, it's just so easy to yeah. just make up a lie about somebody, right? Yeah. And so mm – -hmm. um, to want to be out in front of that is really brave. Maybe you're not knowing to put the dash in your URL is just the, <laughs> just the amount of ignorance you need to get into this fight, Rod. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm an old Marine. I, I, I'm an old Marine. And really, I don't care. I'm too old in my life. And this isn't about me. Yeah. This It was about Matthew. And now, you know, it's about 8 million Americans. Good they can you. character assassinate me all they want. Yeah, I don't you. care. That's uh, wonderful. They, they, they can't kill me and eat me. They I can't. yeah, I appreciate so much that you're that you're willing to do this and that you try this. I have to imagine that there was a moment in the beginning where you just thought, like, well, this isn't what I wanted. Like, I don't like. Yeah. I, I mean, this wasn't something you were looking to do, right? At the, no, yeah. no, 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 not at all. No, you're looking to get but, your you five know, grand back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, it, diabetes is an equal opportunity hater. It doesn't care if you're on the right side of the aisle or the left side. It doesn't care if you're black or white. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor or if you're Jewish or you're Catholic. Yeah. It does not care. And it will make your life miserable, but it'll break you financially and emotionally first. I have to ask you, this whole thing you want people to do, make a phone call, send a letter. How much do you think of their time takes them to, to accomplish that? Less than an hour? No. Oh, God, no. Not no. even um, that long. 15 minutes. 15 minutes it, to download the letter. It'll take you a couple of clicks on the long end. It might take you five minutes Okay. to make a phone call. 
And I would just encourage your, the listeners, if you download the letter, ask them for a response. Ask them to call you back and tell you why they don't want to support the bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Put but, them on the spot. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't want to shame any of those congressmen or senators. I don't want to shame them. I just want a fair hearing. Yeah. This is America. Give us a fair hearing. I think you'd be surprised too how little it takes to make something look like a wave. Like I, I say yeah. stuff like this all the time, and I don't know if people believe me or not, but honestly, if everyone who heard this did it, it yeah. would actually make an impact. The problem is, is that you're not going to do it. Yeah. Not, not enough. It, it, in you know, I mean, listen. As a person who gets on here and says, "Hey, if you want to support the podcast, um, yeah, you know, go sure. go to here and just fill out this survey for me." It's a survey that doesn't mm-hmm. ask super personal questions. It's HIPAA compliant. Like I tell people all the time, you'll really support the podcast, and yeah. it, it'll take you ten minutes. And it's surprising how often you have to say that just to get a small number of people to do it. it, it, it no, it's not surprising to me at all. Yeah. Uh, it, truly, Scott, I I literally every single day. So. I work all day. I come home making dinner, maybe throw a little laundry in, uh, and I jump on the computer and I'll do a little bit of work. When am I driving home? I'll call this congressman or that congressman. I call famous people. I might make literally, I might make 50 phone calls and I'll get two people to call me back. Right. Well, yeah. that's amazing. Listen, if you're, um, you know, if you're making that phone call, just tell people, Tell them, say, look, I heard about it on a podcast because they might, you don't know, like that, that feels very viral to people and yeah. you, you could, yeah. you could give them the feeling of like, oh, these, we got to get out in front of this before more people call. Like I want to be on the right, because I mean, they're politicians, right? They just want to be on yeah. the right side of the argument. And for them, the right side is you being happy. So you vote for them. It's right. You know. and, and, and let's face it, Scott, this is the right thing. Yeah, I mean, of course. Who, and who plus, doesn't- yeah, it has the added benefit of actually being a good thing. <laughs> It yeah, is a good thing. Yeah. It, there's, it's no coincidence that 300 plus members of Congress are part of the Congressional Diabetes Caucus. Right. It's no coincidence. Now it's time for them to do something. Do you know how Just many people you have signed on to Matt's Act so far? Two. Two. Okay. And then what do you need to push it forward, do you think? We need, yes, we need a hearing. Uh, so the way the bill, way a bill works, it's introduced. Oftentimes, it's introduced by just one congressman. Our bill is bipartisan. We have uh, Angie Craig as our co-sponsor, uh, a Democrat. Uh, Fortenberry is, is the author of the bill, Republican. So the way it works is it has to go through a hearing, a committee hearing. And in our case, it has to go through energy and commerce. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's energy and commerce because of interstate laws, mm-hmm. interstate commerce laws. So once it goes through that hearing, that committee, they'll vote it up or down. If they if they vote it up, then it goes to the health committee and the health committee will vote it up or down. And then once that happens, then it goes to the floor for a vote on the House floor. Yeah. After that, then it goes to the Senate. And the same thing happens there. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. listen, it sounds like an uphill battle, but I appreciate that yeah. it's one you're willing to fight. Um, I yes. hope that you're, you know, I normally talk to people about their diabetes, so I, I hope your son's doing well. Um, he is. Thanks for asking. Yeah, he's yeah. doing good. And has, was it a big, I mean, have you made the, you know, the adjustment or is it still hard for you, the diabetes? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, it, you know, out of the gate, it was hard for us to find our sea legs. It, it's such, everything was just kind of upside down. 
counting carbs and measuring and you know we we found our pace and so now uh it's almost second nature you, you know Matt, well, last night we had the pot roast and mashed potatoes and homemade mashed potatoes and gravy and and we just know okay that dollop of mashed potatoes has x number of carbs in it and he just knows off top of his head how many units he has to take so so it's actually a, a lot easier but the the I've noticed recently the one thing that he's struggling with is uh, emotionally it's difficult because, you know, he's an athlete. He loves playing sports mm -hmm. and he couldn't wear, he couldn't wear a pump. So can't play football and wear a pump. Uh, had, couldn't wear his uh, Dexcom sensor because football, they'll rip that thing off. So it was back to finger sticks and, and uh, it's just, the whole sports thing just right. You should jump drops. on. You should drop onto my uh, private Facebook group and talk to people there because there are wraps that you can put around Dexcom that make it almost impossible for them to be grabbed and ripped off. There are people playing football with them, and you oh, could he could move to an insulin pump that's tubeless um, that might do similar things, like like make things easier for him. So there's there sometimes there are, and not that I'm not disregarding anything you just said, but. I don't think you should give up. I think you should just ask other people how they do it because it is getting it. I will. Yeah, I will. I will. It, it really took a toll on him. He, um, yeah, he struggled with that. He struggled with that. No, so. I can imagine. Oh, it's terrible. I'm so sorry. Uh, mm. Any other autoimmune in your family? Uh, no. Celiac, no. thyroid, that kind of stuff? No, nothing. No. Yeah, we're just uh, we're old English, Irish, Dutch, Indian you know, typical American mutts. Yeah. So, that English I Irish, there's a lot of, di I see a lot of autoimmune in people. English say, Irish? Yeah, that say yeah. that that's their background. Uh, there's a big swath of um, Nordic people in Minnesota who hmm. um, who are impacted. My wife's lineage is Irish English. Like, I think there's mm -hmm. something to that. I think taking the potatoes from those people for that long really messed them up. <laughs> or making them eat, sorry, I'm sorry, making them eat potatoes for that long really messed them up. <laughs> Um, it could be truth. I mean, Rod, listen, I'm not a doctor. You that could I mean? be the solution to my weight problem. <laughs> get, get those potatoes out of your diet. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate this or, or how well I thought you articulated this, the, um, the whole thing today. I really do appreciate your time. Well, Scott, you know, I, again, I can't thank you enough for, you know, lending me your megaphone because without, without folks like you, uh, this message just doesn't get out. People don't know what they don't know, and it's not their fault. It's not because they're ignoring us. They just don't know. Yeah. So for what it's worth, thanks for uh, lending me the soapbox and your megaphone. And It's my pleasure. I, really I, I, would, it. I would add this for anybody listening who's, who's you know thinking about doing this. is If you're listening and you really don't feel like this impacts you, right? I have insurance. I pay $20 a month. I don't even know how much insurance or insulin costs, whatever it is you're thinking, you know, right now, it doesn't hurt you. It's no skin off your ass to make this phone call. You, you know what I mean? Like just send the letter, make the phone call, push people in that direction. You know, you'll feel good about yourself at the very least. You'll do something good, which is a bonus. And because I know how hard it is to take these earphones out now and be focused on something when your life is difficult, that doesn't impact you. But man, it could one day, like, you know, just because you're successful doesn't mean your kid's going to be, you know, when Billy's 35 and you're in a home and he doesn't have a good job, you might wish you sent this letter, you know, because um, this isn't going to get better on its own. Like, I am a firm believer in 
capitalism, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but this is the other side of that, which is you it is hard to make change around stuff like this. And it it really isn't it really isn't gonna happen until people get together in a group. And and it, it I mean, look at the number. What's the number? How many people use insulin? Uh, about seven and a half million. Yeah. Seven and a half million every single day, and one in four rations yeah. every day. So if you want to see the power of democracy, you put seven and a half million people sending a letter and making a phone call, and insulin will be free tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the that's the truth. Well, it'll be mind. it'll be affordable. Put it that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, right. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, free. Nothing's it'll free. Be affordable, yeah. and and you can afford the college fund and retirement fund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to not? When was the last time you gave yourself a five thousand dollar? Well, let's say let's say you have a high. Well, let's say you have regular insurance, twenty bucks a month. So now you're spending uh, two hundred forty dollars a year, as opposed to maybe I don't know, two thousand. When was the last time you gave yourself a raise of a couple thousand bucks? Yeah, I think the problem is is that I think part of how the part of the problem about how people think about money is because we're segmented into months. And because if you, yeah. I make this much money and this percentage of my money goes out the door and this is what I expect. No one ever does the, you know, I mean, like, let's take something that everybody has <clears throat> the cell phone, right? So yeah. how many kids are in your family, Rod? Uh, two and then uh two plus uh, a foreign exchange student. So I got three. <laughs> how many cell phones three. are you paying for a, a month? Uh, four. Four. Do you have any idea yeah. what your cell phone bill is? Oh God. Uh, I don't cause it comes right out. Um, I would suspect it's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. My guess. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of those things. Let's just say you're, you have a, I don't know, a two or $300 bill. It doesn't matter what it is. You pay $300 sure. a month. You're like, Oh, I can afford that. That's fine. Yeah. And then every year it's $3,600. You go, ah, it's only $3,600. Not a really yeah. big deal. I can come up with $3,600 a year. Don't worry about it. It's really important to me. 10 years of that, $36,000. 10 years. Oh, that feels like a lifetime. Do people even live 10 years? Yeah. Well, it turns out they do. You, you know, so you, you start you start saying 36000 for 10 years. Well, you know, yeah, 72000 yeah, for 20 years, 150000 for, you know, for 40 years. And so suddenly there's a lot of money. You're you, talking about yeah, real money, money yeah, that real you money. could be putting away. So my point is, is that we don't think about money the right way because we think about it as like, oh, it's only three hundred dollars I have to come up with this month, but it's sure. one hundred and fifty thousand dollars you have to come up with over the next forty years, mm-hmm. and you will be alive most likely for forty years. And, yeah. and, it, and how many of your kids could you put through college with that? Oh, or 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 any number of things. How many how many of yeah. you are walking around right now wishing you could spend five grand on refurbishing a bathroom or you need yeah. a car that you've been you've been driving a car 10 years too long that you drive down the road and you think that the wheel's going to fall off and you're going to go crashing into a tree. How many different things do you miss? Right. I mean, I agree with you, man. Insulin shouldn't be one of the things that's causing you not to have something else or or have and 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 the health side of it. Like I really feel like we didn't dig into it enough, but if people are rationing insulin even a little yeah. bit, it's such a, it's just such a shame, right. you know? Right, right. So, so the physical, the physical health aspects of it are, are, are devastating. But if you're one of those one in four Americans, let's just call it, uh, let's call it 1.5 million, just 1.5 million. So 1.5 million people ration in this country every single day because they can't afford it. Right. So that implies if they can't afford the insulin, they probably can't afford to pay some bills here or some bills there. And so now you have this effect whereby their mental health takes a hit. 
So depression rolls in. Anxiety is part of your daily life. And now you're living with depression. And now you've got all of these things coalescing at the same time. And I'll finish with saying that those people are, generally speaking, not the people who have time to listen to a podcast about diabetes. Yeah, right. So if you're listening, you're probably lucky to begin with, even if you don't know it. And so take a minute and stick up for those people who aren't even lucky enough to have a job or a life where they can put some expensive headphones in their ears and listen to me prattle on for what, what is now an hour and t- 12 minutes with Rod, um, because most people's lives don't even allow for this kind of stuff. And those are the people you're sticking up for, if not for yourself. So that's how I'll that's leave that. Good. All right, well, Rod, thanks, you did man. a good thing here today. I hope it helps. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, you did. You did. You're wonderful. Oh, yeah. You're, you're being too nice. We don't know if it helps or not yet. <laughs> get it out there and find out. Um, hey, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. Well, you certainly I are. got it. It's, it'll go. Yeah, you wouldn't be well, in this fight if you weren't optimistic, that's for sure. That's true. Well, listen, uh, you be well, Scott. And thanks again for uh, inviting me out. And I truly appreciate the chat this morning. My pleasure. Insulin-matters.com. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter and remind you that everything you need to know is at contournext.com forward slash juice box. And of course, don't forget the T1D Exchange, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Go take that survey. I want to thank you guys for listening and for supporting the show and remind you that I'll be back soon with another episode. If you're enjoying this episode or the podcast in general, please share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Your generosity and your support help the podcast to grow every day. No kidding. Every day for the last six months, the podcast has had more downloads in the current month than it did in the previous one. That is because you're sharing the podcast. Thank you very, very much. I I can't, I, I honestly, I could sit here and say thank you all night. I wouldn't be able to say thank you enough.